0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 18 of The Ordinary Photographer. That, that music always makes me smile, cheers me up, don't know why, quite like it. So... Um, This week, I just wanted to talk about paper. I've threatened a few times, actually, to do a calling camera review on Mike Gottman's Negative Positives uh, podcast about paper. Um, But then I uh, did some more testing over the weekend, well, over the weekend, over the last few days, actually, and I've come to realise that, um, really, I'm just incompetent when it comes to paper and printing, so, I think I I did a a paper review, um, probably a blog post, actually, a while ago. I don't even know if it still exists. But um, what I did way back in 2015, 2016, a friend of mine gave me his printer. Uh, he's a printer by trade, and he had one that had been lying around in the workshop that was covered in dust and um he said i'm just gonna get rid of it chuck it in the tip unless you want it so i grabbed it uh, and it was an epson stylus pro 4800 which was a 17 inch roll format i think they're classed as medium format printers um but it allowed me to print up to a2 in size Uh, and i had absolutely no idea what the bloody hell i was doing with it so when i plugged it in i put some paper through it and the prints that came out of it were absolute garbage i mean really the colors were completely wrong it was uh, there was ink bleed all over the place they were they were just garbage and i had to do a lot of research and downloading drivers and everything like that just to get something that looked halfway decent um and and i found that when i printed on more expensive papers the images looked better so I thought, oh, hang on a minute, so so is there a best paper here? So I went out and ordered a whole bunch of test packs from different print companies or companies that make different types of photographic paper. I ran them all through and then I did a blind test of them and there was some real significant differences between different types of paper and I thought, wow, this is... I didn't realise paper was this um, important to... To printing final images, some stuff was some stuff looked terrible, and some looked really really good. So I ended up, because I'm an engineer, doing a, doing this long spreadsheet about which papers were better than others and value for money and and the yeah, the color accuracy that was being reproduced on them. Um, but what I didn't realise was that I was really making a hash of it. Um, so. I ended up finding a few papers that I could get really, really good results with. Just sticking the paper in and pressing print. Uh, And some papers where if I stuck the paper in and pressed print, it looked horrible. And so I just didn't bother with them. Um, And then, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I had a bit of a, a move around in my little office space, which is the box room in a small three bed semi. And decided to try and get rid of this thing because I couldn't lift it on my own. This printer, um, the ink tanks were 80, mi- no, 220 mill- milliliter ink tanks. Which, if you think if you go and buy a printer from PC World or Curry's or whatever it's called these days, the, the tanks in those are about five mil, which means that you're forever buying new ink tanks. But these were 220, and, and I was never buying them. <laughs> Um, And and because it was a discontinued printer, a lot of people were selling them on, selling the tanks on eBay. So I was paying like forty to fifty quid for a two hundred and twenty mil tank that was lasting me a year. Uh, So so it was extremely good value for money when it came to um, when it came to printing, and it allowed me to print loads. But it was massive, and the the supply of secondhand cartridges on eBay was starting to dry up. And I, I just couldn't move it on my own. Couldn't physically lift it on my own. So I it, it, it made the decision to, uh, to, to to get rid of it. And I bought myself, after doing quite a bit of research, an Epson P900, um, which is still 16-inch, six, I think it's a 16-inch printer. So it'll still print up to A2. Uh, and it's got a roll paper attachment on the back, so I can still print roll paper. But... The, the more important, most important thing, I guess, was I'd learned how to print uh, and how to get good results. And this Epson printer, well, the software and everything that ran it was just a million times better. And I was really surprised at the quality that that came out of it. It was easy. It was as good as the forty-eight hundred that I'd had before. Um, and it's always obviously much much smaller I could lift it on my own the ink's a little bit more expensive there's 10 cartridges in it I think that are 50ml um, and they cost about 35 quid each so it's it's cost 350 quid to fill it up but I think in the 2 years I've had it I've probably bought maybe between 6 and 10 new cartridges so it's not massively expensive <clears throat> and one thing I have discovered is you wouldn't know when the uh, the ink warning light comes up and tells you you've got to change the cartridge. I think I got another 40 or 50 A4 prints out of it before it just said, no, no, that's definitely enough now. So, I've forgotten where I was going. That's the problem with not writing any kind of script is you end up waffling like a loon for a while. So, uh, you got a new printer and... The other day, I, I was do I was printing something out, um, and, and I just grabbed some cheap A4 paper, you know, um, the sort of paper that you stick in your black and white printer to print out letters to people and things like that. And, and they quite came out looking pretty good. And I thought, oh, I wonder if, I wonder, I wonder what that means. So, and um, I had a half a test pack lying around, so I printed that, and, and the paper that I thought was terrible. The prints that came out looked amazing. So that was it. I went off and um, bought a load more test packs again and did a whole bunch of test prints on, on this new printer. And I was kind of blown away by the results. Everything looked good. And it was only when you actually put them next to each other that you could see slight differences between them. But for the most part, everything looked really good. So what what I ended up doing was I bought a whole bunch of test packs. I printed out the same test image on each sheet, and I didn't do any kind of profiling. So profiling is is where you 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 tell the printer what paper you're using, so that the printer can lay down the colours in the right way to get the best results uh, and every paper slash printer combination has or can have what's called an ICC profile I don't know what ICC stands for but um, what it basically does is it says this is the printer I've got this is the paper I've got and it's supposed to print out true accurate colours now I've had a bit of a love hate relationship with ICC profiles first of all they're a pain in the arse um, because if you want to print with them every time you print, you've got to tell the computer that, to tell the printer that this is the paper and um, printer combination that you're using. So it's it's a pain in the ass. You can set it up uh, in Lightroom to have uh, different profiles and templates and things, but you end up with a different profile and template for each piece of paper that you or each different paper that you use, which is again. It's just a pain in the ass, and you end up with loads of templates that you've got to back up. And oh, I just wanted paper I could shove in the printer, press print, and it would look good. So with these test prints, that's what I did. So in, in some cases, it might not be classed as a fair test, because I haven't used the correct profiles, but it's a fair test for me, because I'm lazy, <laughs> and I just want to be able to put a piece of paper in and make a print. So I did a bunch of test prints, then on the back of each print, I wrote down um, the name of the paper and how much it costs, how much it costs for um, a side of A4 or a, a box, actually a box of 25 A4 sheets, just really to get an idea as to the difference in expense, because as these prints are coming out, they all look the same. They really did all look the same. There was nothing that was terrible, and it wasn't at all like the first time I'd gone through this process. Uh, the first time I did it, I was just getting, it was just just a mess. But this time, everything was looking very, very close to what I was seeing on the screen. And I've never been a fan of telling people that they have to um, get these calibration things to calibrate their screen and, and all the rest of it. And I think when you look, especially on certain forums, when you look at complaints about prints not looking right, it's very often a subjective thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and very often, more often than I can care to remember, when somebody has like put a, a photo up of their print next to their screen, they just look the same to me. So my eyesight is probably not as good as some of these people and I just wanted to look about right um and so when i had done all these prints I I broke them down into categories I think glossy paper and um, metallic papers uh, and matte papers with a smooth texture matte papers with a rough texture and uh these kind of silk or or whatever they give them all sorts of different names but silk is the, the sort of paper that's not matte but it's not glossy It sort of sits in the middle. Uh, And and took each batch and I laid them out in the conservatory, which has got some quite good light in there. It's quite nice. We've got a big dining table in there so I could cover it in these prints and just look at them and see what the differences were. And I really was stunned to discover that they all pretty much look the same. It's only some of the matte papers that there are very different... um, there are some very different papers that have got really heavy textures, and those textures show through the image, um, and for me that kind of spoils it, but for, for you, if, if you like like really heavily textured paper, then that might work, But um, and there were some papers that were a little bit, um, the colour was off a little bit, but it was only a little bit, and If you look at each print on its own, you wouldn't be able to tell. It's only when you put them next to other prints that you can see that some are a little bit redder, or some are a little bit bluer or yellower than others. And a lot of that's down to the fact that some paper manufacturers will put optical brightening agents, or OBAs I think they're called, in the paper to make them look white, because paper isn't actually true kind of... White. I don't know if you remember the bold adverts from back in the 80s when they go, it's, a, it's got a bluey whiteness. And it's like, well, what, bluey whiteness? But what, what it's just white. Um, but if anybody, anybody who's spent a lot of time looking at things like white balance, you know that white isn't always white and there's different shades of white, which sounds a bit ridiculous. But the same goes for paper. There's different shades of white. And obviously, if the paper is a warmer paper, um, then the chances are that the reds are going to be a little bit more saturated. And if you're going for a colder, cooler look for your print, then a warmer paper is probably not not what you're after. And, you know, when you look at uh, glossy papers, uh, glossy papers pretty much exclusively tend to be cheap. Um, and I think that's really sad that there's no kind of expensive, heavyweight, nice glossy paper anymore like you used to be able to get with the ilford ilford um, darkroom paper that used to give it used to look beautiful lovely and glossy and it'd have that heavyweight luxurious kind of feel to it nothing kind of exists like that that i found for um for inkjet papers i did my tests all the papers look the same um and and i was gonna do another spreadsheet but everything, really, almost everything, scored a ten out of ten for the the quality of the print. In some cases where there was a little bit of a red cast or a little bit of a blue cast on the on the image, I'd I'd knock a point off because the only way you'd see it is if it was sat next to another paper that that was markedly different. And this was just with the, the generic profile. Well, not even a generic. No profile. Just click the button in Lightroom to let the printer manage the colours and, and did nothing more than that. And the quality was was superb. I couldn't really fault any paper for, for the quality of the image. So then it became a question of, well, how do I tell whether one paper is better than another? Well, how does it feel in my hand? How does it look? How, how is the, the sheen that's on it? How does it look when you sort of hold it up against the light? Um, and, and really, when you're paying money... For prints, I, f- I tend to find that you're paying more money for heavier weight papers, and those papers feel heavier in your hand. Now, if you're if you're sticking a print on the wall or putting it behind glass in a frame, the weight of the paper is utterly irrelevant because you're never ever gonna see it. Um, I I know Mike did um a podcast. God knows how long ago it was now, but he took some prints and and stuck them on his carriage wall just to see how time would affect them. And it would be interesting to hear how, how he got on with that, whatever happened to it. But my belief is that these days, the quality of the paper and the quality of the inks are so good that they will last our lifetime. And if they start to fade a bit in 50 years or 100 years, well, so be it. Um there'll still be electronic copies if anybody ever can be asked digging through my computer after I've snuffed it to find my negatives, probably won't. But my prints, yeah, I'd like to keep those. So really, when it comes to, to paper, it's about what what it is that you're you're looking for from the paper And if you're putting it behind glass, the weight of the paper isn't that important. What's really the most important is the surface texture, whether you want to go for a gloss paper that has a real sheen to it. And the glossy papers, they're cheap, they have a sheen, they've got really rich colours, really vibrant um, colours and really deep blacks. I really like the look of glossy paper. doesn't look great on an angle um because obviously from the light reflections but uh straight on that they you can't beat a good glossy print and the paper's cheap which is always a good thing i didn't test the mega cheap stuff from um i couldn't get hold of a canon one i was a bit loath to buy a box of canon pro photo paper just to see whether one sheet of it was any good Got some Epson stuff because I got that from a charity shop, I think, for a couple of quid. And and it's on Amazon, you can get it for like twenty quid for I know 30, 40 sheets, something like that. But there are other companies out there, you know, paper manufacturers that that do a decent gloss paper for as little as twenty to thirty pence for a um, an A4 sheet, which is which is not that expensive and um, the kind of the silk papers uh, those papers are a bit weird they're not gloss and they're not mattes and very often the back of the paper has that matte feel it feels like soft card um, and the front has a degree of sheen to it depending on what sort of paper you get and in some cases the texture that's the texture of that sheen can be really really nice and in some cases it can be really, really, I was going to say boring, it's just bland. Um, and so having a nice texture, I think, makes a, quite a lot of difference. And, and it's not so much of an issue with the, with the semi-gloss papers, but when you get onto the actual matte papers, um, and especially the textured matte papers, the difference in textures between them is night and day, you can get papers that are as flat as a piece of white card. You know, when you go and buy a birthday card, that kind of featureless white card, you can get that level of paper all the way through to, to stuff that's very, very heavily textured, um, which you may or may not like. And and so ordering swatches, I'm pretty sure you can get swatches. I know you can get them from the likes of Ilford, Hanamiel, Canson, Who's um, the other big one? Can't remember, but you can get swatches that will allow you to see what the and feel what the texture of the paper is like. But ultimately, if it's going behind glass, do you really do you really need to know? Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of it really. Well, well I've been going on for. Oh, shit, 20 minutes again. What do I find to talk about? Christ, I hope you haven't fallen asleep. Um, where's my notes? There they are. So, yeah, matte papers, it's all about texture. Semi-gloss, metallic. But metallic papers, they're quite interesting. Um, They've they kind of got a metallic sheen to them, but you, you tend to pay a premium for them. And in my opinion, it's it's not really worth it. And And that's with two exceptions. Um there's the Hanamiel metallic, oh, I can't remember the name of it now, but the Hanamiel metallic paper it is stunning. It really is stunning, especially for black and white prints, but it's very expensive. Uh, and then there's a company called Slickrock who make uh, a metallic, they they do a metallic pearl and that's not it. It's a metallic silver, I think it's called, and it's discontinued for some unknown reason and I can't get hold of it anywhere. Um, and that's a real shame because that it's almost grey in colour, and black and white prints look fantastic on it, especially low contrast prints because that greyness brings down all your highlights, and it makes your low contrast black and white look really, really moody. And um, the effect it has on it is, is really quite stunning, but you just can't get any more, which is really sad. So I don't know why I bothered saying but those two metallic papers really really good uh but both photo speed and innovar in the UK do metallic papers and their metallic lustre papers are quite nice but whether they're worth more than um the standard gloss offerings that's very very subjective ilford do a metallic paper which is massively overpriced and to be quite frank with you is not, not very good at all. I didn't like the metallic metallic kind of effect on it. It did, just didn't, didn't look very metallic to me. I bought a box of it as well a while ago, which I was a bit disappointed about. So, yeah, paper choice. It's going to be down to you at the end of the day, but there is a large array of paper out there to try. So don't just stick with one, because... As I've discovered, many many different types of paper they'll print pretty damn well. Certainly on my uh, Epson P900. I don't know if it's printer specific and whether these problems, you know, if you've got a Canon or an HP printer, they just get worse. But for my Epson printer, I've just chopped. How many? How many is it now? 93 test sheets of all different types of paper through there and nothing came out bad everything came out looking okay um, and when I got them all next to each other there, was some, there were some, minor differences but for the most part everything came out looking okay um, which I was really really surprised because the last test I did with my old printer it was just awful so yeah there is no best paper i think is the uh it's really what i was trying to say here and and that's originally when i when i started doing these tests i thought oh, i can do a podcast and i can sit down and talk about what the best papers are but there aren't any they're all really good certainly all the ones i tried um i'm a bit disappointed i can't get a hold of any red river paper that's uh, an american Based paper and they just there's just no um, resellers or anybody over here in the UK I looked at the Moab papers um, and again that's all based in America and you can't really get them over here I could but it's, it's really really expensive and you know we've got some great British paper manufacturers over here we've got Marotte we've got um, St Cuthbert's Mill or Somerset Papers, never quite sure which one it is, manufactured in the UK. Um, and, and the quality of them is really, really good. Photo speed, permajet, both, I don't know whether they're UK only, but they're definitely quite prevalent over here. You can get a hold of them quite easily. So getting test packs you could do. And I, I would I would definitely recommend it. At least getting the swatches, just just to see what the papers look like, see what the texture looks like. For me, I can get good prints out of all of those papers. Um, so really, the only thing that differentiates them is the the texture and the weight and the feel of them. You know, lightweight papers feel very plastic and flimsy. But again, ask yourself what you're going to use these pictures for, and if they're going to go on the wall behind glass how that how the paper feels is is really not not massively important. And you can get some really decent cheap papers. Let me open my um really boring spreadsheet where everything <laughs> everything has pretty much the same score because they're all really, really good. But uh the uh, price wise they vary from 30 pence for a side of A4 all the way up to £2.40. So there's quite a big difference in price. And in no way would I say that that reflects in the quality of the paper. It might reflect in in the weight of it and the way it feels. So your cheaper papers tend to be lower weight and a little bit more flimsy and thin. They tend to be less fibre based and more plastic based, so they they feel like sheets of plastic rather than um, sheets of paper. But those are the two main differences between cheap paper and expensive paper. Which you know, if you're going to be handling your prints, fair enough, go for something more expensive. If you're gifting them to somebody and you want them to feel like they've, they've paid for some quality, then yes, by all means, get a heavier weight paper. But if you're printing for yourself, then I wouldn't worry too much about it, especially if it's being stuck on the wall. And uh, companies like Olmec uh, and Inovar and Photospeed and Merut all do decent uh, options for budget printing that is better than printing on any old... I mean, I mean some, some of this stuff is cheaper than... Know, what's the Epson? So the Epson Premium Glossy Photo Paper is 20 quid for 25 A4 sheets, so it's just less than a pound, 76 pence a, a copy. But you can get down to Olmec's, Olmec Make Photo Satin Midweight paper at 240 gsm it's quite thin and plasticky but it, that is that's 30 pence so it's a third of the price of of epson's standard first choice on amazon if you type in photo paper um so there's there's an awful lot of options out there and it's well worth well worth trying them especially companies um like marut and olmec and in a voter photo speed, British companies you see a bit sad like that. Uh, so, so yeah, I think that's about it, really. I think I waffled on a bit too long there, didn't I? I don't know, I'll have a listen back to this, and if it goes on too long, I just won't bother with it. Half oh, an hour, oh god, no, right? Okay, um, yeah, that's the end of it this week, and uh, I'll catch up with you soon. Hope you have a good May. See ya. wo <laughs> wo